Hello, and welcome to the Align and Thrive podcast. I'm your host. My name is Emily Taylor, and this will be my last episode for two weeks. I'm going to be going away for two weeks. I am going to be teaching yoga and some training in Mexico and working out of Mexico for two weeks. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of a reset from the podcast so that I can come back refreshed and ready to keep going with all of you. Now, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the things I wish I knew when I started, which I think as we continue on these growth journeys, whatever kind of growth it is, we often keep getting to these points of, I wish I knew that when I started. Why didn't I know that a year ago? Why didn't I do X, Y, and Z five years ago? I know I have had endless of these moments um, where it's also really cool to see how far we have come, where we look back on past self and go, wow, I have grown so much. I have learned so much from where I once was. Now, the number one thing I am going to start with on things I wish I knew when I started was without sleep and recovery, there is no progress. Now, there is a very long period in my life where the first thing I sacrificed was my sleep. Now, I think I went through a phase where I was seeing how much I could suffer, to be perfectly honest. And I don't know why. (laughs) I worked night shifts. I didn't sleep. I'd come home and be a mom. There was times where after night shift, then I'd go and train. And there are going to be moments where we do what we need to do, especially if you are a night shift worker, that that's always your rotation, then you're going to get in a good rhythm. And maybe you do train post shift. But for me, I would go 72 hour periods of time with getting between three and six hours sleep. And I would just push myself and push myself. And, you know, our bodies truly are incredible. We can function on very low sleep. It was almost like an experience of really seeing where my threshold lied. And by the end of that phase and season of my life, I was very self-aware that something needed to change And I couldn't sustainably continue to sacrifice my sleep. So that was a really big shift in my life and my journey. And I think as mothers too, we get very used to sacrificing our sleep, whether it's to our children. Then when our children start sleeping a little better, sometimes we start sacrificing our sleep so that we can feel like we have alone time, whether we're staying up reading or watching a show or whatever it may be, that can also be a little bit of a phase in motherhood where you're kind of craving that autonomy, you're craving that time to yourself. So again, you continue to kind of sacrifice your sleep to find those things where what we truly need is that rest and recovery so that we can show up as the versions of ourselves we want to be. But also in the coaching space, To see progression on our physical goals, we need sleep. If you're not sleeping and all the other aspects are in alignment, it won't counter out the lack of sleep. We need to have that in place. Otherwise, our bodies do not like to respond because they're not actually getting that dedicated time to recover. So if you're starting a health and fitness journey, do not delay making sleep a priority. This is something that does need to be high on the priority list. We need sleep. We need recovery. It's for our mental wellness, our physical wellness, our progress, all of the things we need quality sleep for. Now, number two on things I wish I knew when I started, 
There are more important things than the amount of weight I am lifting, like being able to control it, having quality engagement. Now, I think for many, when we're really getting into strength training, we get obsessed with the amount of weight that we're lifting. Now, I'm still a little bit obsessed because I want to be strong and I think that's really cool, but I also know that me being able to lift that weight well matters a lot more than the weight that's on the bar. But it's normal that we go through that phase where you're just pushing load and pushing load and pushing load. But then there can come a point where it's almost like you've gone too far, that you're with, you're lifting weights that are so heavy, but you're doing it with such low quality form that the only thing that is going to be incoming for you is most likely injury. Injury prevention is something that is very important to me, not only for myself, but for my clients as well. This is something I bring a lot of focus to. My clients will record themselves training. They will send me their videos so that I can give them feedback. Not only are we focusing on form, technique, we're talking about safety, even how you're setting up for your lifts safe, safely, and then making sure we're progressing the load, but in a way that is always going to be mindful of that injury prevention aspect. So when we are progressing through the seasons of our strength training journeys, we want to be able to really perfect that form that even if we are unloaded, we want to be able to have that resistance even just through our mind muscle connection. So if you were to drop the weight, how hard can you make that lighter weight essentially where we want to be able to have that really quality connection with that muscle contraction. And this is something that comes with time in our strength training progression that we eventually get to that point where we realize it's not necessarily just about that load that we're lifting. We need to learn how to do it better, that that's also a really important aspect of progressive overload, that we're getting better at our form and our engagement and our quality of lifting, that progressive overload is not just doing more load and doing more reps, learning to control that weight better and have better quality engagement is still progressive overload. It's just less tangible. It's something that we feel versus a metric we can really track. So it's knowing and having that self-awareness and just really giving yourself that reflection as well. And knowing, like even if you track in your lifts, if you're tracking say in a spreadsheet, your lifts week to week, then write down how they feel, write that your lifts felt better, you know, write that the same weight felt lighter that week. Like those are very important details and still a great reflection of our progressive overload. Now, number three of things I wish I knew when I started was that the number on the scale is just a metric. Having an ideal weight that I'm fixating on trying to maintain is only going to hold me back. And if you're anyone that's been in health and fitness for a while, you've probably seen the scale really ebb and flow on your journey. Now, I am coming out of a history that was bodybuilding. So there's going to be a big flux when it comes for bodybuilders, because you're going through really focused builds, but you're also going through really intense cuts and taking your body to 
uh, stage level of leanness. So something that you cannot even maintain, something that is not in alignment with what the healthiest version of you looks like. So you're taking yourself just to a very extreme when it comes to the level of leanness that you're getting to. So this is something that has also really helped me let go of the scale because I've seen it really, really low. I've seen it really, really high. And it's something that you just learn to let go of because you realize that that's not an indication of your progression. And also your perception of what the scale should be in relation to the physique you want to accomplish is typically not in alignment. Now I'll give you a little bit of my own scale history because maybe it will just open your own mindset up to just how much scale flux we can truly have. Now, when I was competing, my stage weights were roughly 110 pounds, was probably ideal for me to be the appropriate level of leanness for the stage, not something I can maintain. Now, before I even really got into starting to bodybuild again post-kids, I remember my mindset being stuck on, I just want to maintain at like 125 pounds. Now, again, that was at a point where I just did not have the same level of muscle, but that was where my mindset was maybe five to seven years ago, five to six years ago. That's what I thought my goal was to be maintaining at. So then as I gained more muscle, things started to change. My stage weights were about 110, which that is not a healthy body weight for me. So that's a body weight that will extremely and did affect my hormones. So I'm not getting my menstrual cycle there. It's going to have a big impact on my overall health. Now, again, as bodybuilders, these are things we know going into it. We know we can't maintain what we are accomplishing for stage. It is truly just a peak and then we reverse out of it. So it's not something that is sustainable. Now, as I've, you know, progressed out, so I've been in my current building phase for um, 10 months now. Now, previously between shows, I was in the 140s. That's about what I got to. And then I went through my competition prep, which I competed in April. We are now coming into the end of January. So I'm now at one of my highest weights yet uh, since being postpartum because my weight was definitely very, you know, very different postpartum and I went through a fat loss journey after having my children. Um, but now my weight's in the 150s and it really has helped me completely let go of any perception of where I thought I needed to be because this is also the most my physique has developed and the strongest I've ever been. So we need to know that as well, that we need to let the scale go up if we want to see our physiques develop and if we want to see ourselves get stronger. Now, I love all the phases and seasons of my health and fitness. I think there is something to celebrate in all of them. I think in my phases that are dedicated to growth and building, I love seeing myself at my peak of strength and performance. I think that is very rewarding and empowering. Now, I will be going into my first fat loss phase that I have been in, you know, for since 10 months. So I've been in this build phase for 10 months after my last show. So I'm also excited for that. I think that will be a really exciting phase to go through because I have dedicated so much to this building phase. And I think that there are just things to love about each season of our health and fitness and that kind of cycle that we go through with our goals. But it's also knowing that that scale, scale is going to kind of ebb and flow and is not a reflection of our progression. And we 
we all let the scale go at some point. Hopefully that is the goal that we see it as just a, uh, you know, a means for collecting data, simply just a metric that, you know, that is the goal that eventually we let go of any, any kind of negative relationship we have with that scale or what we think the scale tells us. It is truly just a number. Now, number four of things I wish I knew when I started was that I will always learn to do things better wherever I'm at currently in skill and knowledge is only one point on my journey. Now, I am someone that I want to learn everything and I want to be better. I am passionately dedicated to being a better coach, whether it's taking extra courses, whether it's asking my own mentor mentors, I just want to do better. I want to be better. I want to be a better coach. I want to be a better athlete. I just continually want to grow. But I also know that that I'm never going to be finished. So, you know, it's really cool to see that progression for me to look back a year, two years, three years, five years, and really realize how much I've learned because it also gets me excited for how much I'm going to learn. Like the coach I'm going to be five years from now, that gets me really excited. And I just want to learn how to do things better. And this has also had to come with that aspect of grace because there are times where I'm like, why didn't I know that already? Why can't I learn faster? Why can't I read faster? Why haven't I read those books yet? So I also need to kind of meet myself at that human level that I can only do so much, that my best effort is good enough, and that I can spend the rest of my life learning. So I remind myself of this as well. When I think about all the books I want to read that I haven't read yet, I remind myself that when I'm 60, I can still read those books. It's okay. They're not going anywhere. And I think we all have these moments where we just want to rush to the finish line. We just want to get there. And then we realize there is no finish line. And that's number five. Number five of things I wish I knew when I started is that this isn't a race and there is no finish line. And my scale of measure is only myself and how far I've come, not how far anyone else has come. Now, I think comparison can be a very slippery slope. Now, I think everyone at one point or another has compared themselves to another individual, even if we do it subconsciously. This is human nature that you're comparing and it's subconscious and we need to train ourselves out of that to really just focus on our own journey because things are different for everyone, especially when it comes to our physical forms. And we need to learn to celebrate our strengths, our weaknesses, our differences, and just how unique we are as an individual. And it can be especially hard when everything we are surrounded with just our content consumption can be very, uh, you know, focused on that highlight reel of just the best moments and the best angles and the best lighting of everyone's existence. And that's not reality. And I think that's also another reason why it's so important to actually hold physical space with other people. And I think this is something that we're still integrating back into post the pandemic, because when you actually get that in-person connection, it's very humanizing that we're all real people and we all have imperfections and we all have imperfect angles, you know, and we all have things that we are moving through. So even the individuals that it seems like their lives are, 
you know, perfection and everything is picture perfect, that's just really only one glimpse of it. I assure you, we are all very, very flawed. <laughs> we all have things that we are moving through. Not everyone is ready to own that in a public space and be vulnerable with it. And I think we're all entitled to our privacy as well, that it's our right to share what we want to share and that also you know can be hard if we just we only see one side of things so that's always something that I try to see the big picture of and I think this is something that really started to develop in my childhood I remember my mom telling me you know if someone said something unkind that I don't know what it's like in their head and she was very right that when someone says something unkind to me, I don't know how they're feeling on the inside that made them say that, you know, and that's something I try to share with my children as well, just that we're not always seeing the big picture when someone treats us unkindly, we're just not always seeing what's going on for them, why they felt they needed to verbalize in that way, and even how they're talking to themselves with their own internal dialogue. So I always try to keep just that big picture perception that, you know, what someone may be saying to us or making us feel a certain way is just only only one side of the coin that we're not seeing the big picture. So I always try to lead with my empathy in that way. And also when it comes to comparison, I always stay really grounded that I want to be the person that's cheering other people on. And I feel I do a good job of that, that I feel really inspired by those around me and what they accomplish. I think sometimes, if anything, I have a bit of a barrier that I don't feel like I do enough. Again, this goes back to, I don't feel like I read fast enough. Like I think we all have that little bit inside of, inside us that we need to do more, go faster. And I think it's very tied into just the fast paced vibe of the current reality. So it's also bringing myself back to slow down and to celebrate others. And, you know, my pace is my pace and it is exactly as it should be. And the one final piece I'm going to leave this on is that where you are in your journey is exactly where you're meant to be. And I think that's something we need to stay really present with that even if you're not where you think you should be, in this moment, where you are is exactly where you are meant to be. Even if the past stretch has come with some imperfect action, that's how it was meant to be as well because it's brought you to this point. And if we allow it, we can create space for some really great growth and reflection. But when we just really ground in that this is exactly where I'm meant to be, that is going to take me where I'm supposed to go, then it just allows us to let go. Because sometimes we can start living in the past or living in the future. And it really does become that practice of living in the present. And that's something I'm really trying to bring into 2024 with me is just practicing being present. And that's also why I decided to just take a pause from the podcast until I get back from my vacation so that I have a little bit of that space to practice being present.
Now, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If it resonated with you, I would so value if you leave a comment, a review, you can take a screenshot and share it in your stories on Instagram at Emily Nicole Fit. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and enjoy the rest of your day.